to his prayer today, growing up without a father, you know, it's tough to never have someone tell you that they're proud of you and to tell you that you did a good job. And I can't even remember if I ever heard my father tell me he loved me. I'm sure he might have. Uh, I can't say that I remember that. But I do remember giving my life to Christ at 22 and for the first time feeling like I had the love of a father. And I can remember going to my father and just saying, God, teach me how to be a man. And I credit everything that I am today to a good, good father. Teaching me and showing me the scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes down from above. And I know that you have some good and perfect gifts in your life just like I do. So one more time, let's just not waste this opportunity to give him the glory that is due unto his name. Father, we just honor you and we adore you and we magnify you. Thank you for another opportunity to stand before your people and minister the holy word of God. Their hearts have come ready to receive. Your word will be deposited into the good ground of that heart and it will produce. Some 30, some 60, but some will walk out with 100-fold production today because they came hungry, Father. They came desiring more of you in their lives. And Father, you'll meet them at their point of expectation. Holy Spirit, this is your service today. However you desire to flow or function in our midst, have your way. Be glorified. I'm a yielded vessel to be used by you to bless your people. We'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you all do me a favor and just love on two or three people. Tell them God bless you. Let them know that it's good to see them today. And then you can be seated. Thank you, music department. Thank you. Excellent. Praise God. Before we pick up with really looking at the strategy of the early church, I mean, y'all were here on Friday night. Let me say it this way. How many of y'all were not here on Friday night? Man, all I can tell you is you missed it. And I appreciate, you know, the honor that you all give my wife and I on Sunday mornings, but I'm telling you, you missed a real treat on Friday night. Dr. Bill Winston left a deposit in this church, and I encourage everyone to go to SoundCloud and listen to that for yourself. I will tell you this, though. It is never the same on SoundCloud as it is in person because it was the atmosphere and the authority in the atmosphere that he created that was just supernatural to witness. And it was really life-changing. And Dr. Winston is someone that really I aspire to be like someday. And I can see where Spirit of God is aligning the two of us together. And every year we get closer, and I have to figure out what that is. And so you all pray for me, but I know that, that there's an alignment there, and we've just got to figure out as Linked Up Church what that looks like. But you all ready for the word today? Praise God. Now, we're looking at the strategy of the early church, and and just for time's sake, we know that there's pretty much eight characteristics of this early church that we're looking at, and they're really a part of our vision and a part of our purposes here at Linked Up Church. Things that stick out is that God gave the early church strategy, and as a result of that strategy, they took over 50% of Jerusalem. 
Jerusalem was about 200,000 people, and by the time they started walking in that strategy, 100,000 of those individuals had given their life to Christ. And so Christ, prior to his departure, told them where to go, what to wait for, what would happen after that, and we kind of walked through some of those things. The first thing we understand there, first characteristic, characteristic is that we have to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, people want to hear about God, but they also want to see God's power as well. And really, that power is manifested at its highest level with getting people saved. Number two, we looked at uh, maintaining unity through fellowship. Number three, we looked at multiplying small groups. We'll become large, but it's important at the same time that we remain intimate and that we do life together. And then number four, we left off with enlarging our vision of God. God is always bigger than our circumstances. He's always bigger than anything that we're going through. And when we find our circumstances overtaking us, it's because we see them as bigger than God. Once we get a bigger vision of God, then our circumstances just look smaller and smaller and smaller. So let's pick up point number five today. We must maximize the power of prayer. We must maximize the power of prayer. And if you're following along, you can go to your Version Bible app and just go to that right um, corner there. You'll see three bars. Click those bars, then you'll see events. Go to Linked Up Church. All of the notes will be right there uh, for you to follow along. They'll also go up on the screen as well. Number five, we must maximize the power of prayer. How many of y'all believe in prayer? Do you believe prayer works? I like to look at it this way. When we don't pray, all we're bringing to the table is the best that we can do. But when we pray, now we're bringing to the table the best that God can do. I mean, his best will always outperform our best. And so we've got to maximize the power of prayer. You'll find in the entire book of Acts, 48 times in the book of Acts, it says they prayed. Linked up church has to become a praying church. Individually, but also collectively. 48 times it says they prayed. I believe this with all of my heart. We'll have the power that the early church experienced when we pray like the early church prayed. How many of y'all believe that? Go back to Acts chapter 4, and let's examine this prayer here, beginning at verse 23. Let's examine this prayer. And just to give you a little backdrop again, you know, over 3,000 souls have been saved in the second chapter. The word of God is spreading throughout all of Jerusalem. I mean, anytime you're having success, it will create enemies. And if you haven't lived a little while, you you don't understand. If you are having success, it will create enemies. And sometimes those enemies will be real close to you. And you can't recognize who they are. But success has a way of bringing enemies. So as a result, Peter and John, they get arrested at the top of that chapter. They're brought before the Sanhedrin council. And the council tells Peter and John that they are forbidden to ever speak in the name of Jesus again. And let's pick it up at verse 23. And let's see what we can learn about this prayer. We must maximize the power of prayer. And being let go, they went to their own companions. We need our own companions. 
when we get in tests and trials and trouble, I mean, we've got to go to the right group of people. Have you ever got in a challenging situation and went to the wrong group of people? And they ended up making the challenge even worse? Folks, what God is creating here is a company and and a companionship. What he's creating is relationships, prayerfully, that we can learn to trust and that we can build. And when life happens, we've got a group of people that we can run to, and they're going to support us with their prayers and not put their mouths on us. So being let go, they went to their own company, and notice, they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. Now, this is what you've got to understand. When you're going through a challenge, you can report the facts of the challenge to people. But how I many know you don't want to take that before God? I'll prove that here to you in a moment. So in other words, you don't have to deny, hey, I'm going through a tough situation, and this is what's happening. And you can share that with people who are part of your own company because when they're part of your company, they shouldn't judge you for what you're going through. They should love you and support you in being understanding of what it is that you're going through. So it's okay to report the exact facts of what I'm going through to people who are like-minded like I am. And sometimes the best person is your spouse or your family. And then beyond that, you've got to think about your church family. And sometimes I'm learning, folks, that, that, that blood is thicker than water. And sometimes there are people in the church that I'm closer to than my own family members. And that's okay because at the end of the day, when you need victory, you've got to go to people who think like you think. And so they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord, and they said, and we're going to break this down a little bit. Lord, you are God. Anytime you're going through something, notice how they addressed him. They addressed him as Lord. Greek word there is kurios. So what they were saying is, Lord, you are supreme in authority, not the Sanhedrin council. How many of your boss will never have the last word if God is involved in your situation? Whoever it is that is coming against you will never have the last word if God is in your situation because they are not supreme in authority in your situation. Only God is. And when you go to God acknowledging that God, you're the one that's really in authority in this situation, not the individuals that are coming to me. I mean, that gets God's attention. And they said, Lord, you are God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. So in other words, everything that is in this planet, God, it came from you. And how many know that makes him bigger than anything that you're facing right now? And I love this. Who by the mouth of your servant David have said. Right away, folks, if you're learning something here about the characteristics of prayer, they went back to the word of God to find out what the word of God had to say about their situation. So he goes back to Psalms 2, and he's quoting stanzas 1 and 2, and what he's quoting is what David had prophesied about the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what he would go through, which is an exact replica of what Peter and John are going through right now. And folks, if you look hard enough, Jesus, the scripture tells us, was tempted at all points as we are, yet without sin. So there's nothing that you're going through right now that he has not already gone through 
and overcame and came out victorious on the other side. Not one thing. There's something in this scripture that is the exact description of what it is that you're going through. And if you can just go back and find it and find where he won, I mean, that's going to give you confidence that if God did it for him, you know God is doing it for you. And then notice they began to read and quote that verse. Who by the mouth of your servant David, quoting again from Psalms 2, stanzas 1 and 2, have said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? How I many you know they plotted a whole lot of wickedness against our Lord Jesus Christ? Just like they did with Peter and John. How I many you know that was a mock trial they put Jesus under? It was a trial that was held at night with false witnesses. You've got to understand that if he went through that, at some point in our lives, people are going to do the same things to us. But guess what, folks? I've got good news for you. God is on your side. And you're not coming out victorious. You've already come out victorious. They did Peter and John the exact same way. They had some kind of counsel behind closed doors to figure out a way how to shut their mouth so that this name will stop spreading throughout Jerusalem. And at the end of the day, you know what it all boiled down to? They were afraid of losing their power and their influence. And it goes on to say here, why did the nations rage and the people imagine or plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand. And the rulers were gathered together. We know that those rulers were Herod and Pontius Pilate of that time against the Lord and against his anointing or against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Something that God encouraged my heart. It wouldn't matter if the president, the vice president and the entire nation came against you. Because, folks, that's where God might take us. Let me try this side of the room over here. What encouraged my heart here is that it doesn't matter what level of opposition comes against you. From the highest in the land to the lowest. If God is on your side... You and God are the majority in that situation. Says here, they gather together to do whatsoever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Notice what it says. And then they said, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, we may speak your word. And by stretching out your hand to heal, And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, what did the Sanhedrin council, what did they command them not to do? Not to speak in that name. What did they go to the father and ask the father to do? Give them boldness to speak in that name. And not just give us boldness, but confirm your word with signs and wonders following. Leave the Sanhedrin council and everyone else that witnesses this. Leave them beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are God, you are supreme in authority, and they are not. And then I love this part right here. Verse 31 says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. 
They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So if you notice what moved heaven was the word of God. And the Lord told me to share something with you today. If his word does not move you, then your words will not move him. And whenever you want heaven to get involved in your situation, then you've got to find out what God said about your situation. You can't take your situation to God and complain about it. You've got to take what God said about your situation and tell God how big he is in your situation and that he is supreme and in authority over your situation. And when you do that, folks, how many know heaven will begin to shake and the earth will begin to shake and angels will be released on your behalf? And how many know things will begin to change in your life and begin to look like exactly how you believe God for them to look? Now, I want you to listen to me, church. This is what we call united prayer. And I need you today. and You need me today. We're getting ready to take authority in the spirit realm. How many of y'all are ready to do that right now? It's one thing to read the word. It's a whole other thing to act on the word. Folks, Linked Up Church closed on a building last year. And today is now the 22nd, the 14th day of the fast. We are in the home stretch. The word for the day was endurance about that home stretch. Because you'll find sometimes that last week is the toughest week. But we're getting ready to press through. We closed on that building, but we closed in escrow because there's some pieces that still need to be moved. And 22 days into the year, they haven't moved yet. And so now they've got to get out of the way. And so it's no longer time to be nice. It's time to take authority over this situation. And it's time to snatch what now rightfully belongs to us. Oh, I wish I had a few believers in this room today. So we've done our part, but you've got a disgruntled tenant that's still in there, unwilling to move peacefully. So we've been nice. Now it's time to take over. Now, I don't want to do this by myself. See, they were all together in one place and in one accord, and they all prayed. But guess what? I know if the church is going through this, I know people in the church are going through this as well. So if you're in this building today and you're facing a situation where if God doesn't move in this situation, you've done all you can do. See, we've done all we can do now. Now God has to move. That's you right now. And you're in a situation where you've done all you can do and you need God to move. Stand on your feet. Because we're getting ready to take it back now. And I just need to be with a group of desperate people right now. Now I want you to do me one more favor. Step out of that aisleway and come on down here towards the stage. If if you're standing in this prayer. And we're getting ready to have united prayer, corporate prayer in here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, he messed with the wrong person when he messed with you. I didn't realize it would be half the church. I'm sorry, the majority of the church. 
Well, just get in where you can. Squeeze in. Let as many people get down here in the front as we possibly can. Come on, get on in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Are you ready? And we're going to follow the model of this corporate prayer. And I want you to do the exact same thing. I want you to start telling God how big he is and acknowledging him as supreme in authority over your situation. Are you ready? Come on, let's take these situations to the Father. Father, we acknowledge right now that you are Lord. You are curious. You are supreme in authority over our building, Father. And so, Father, you're the God who made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in it, Father. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and you can turn it with us so ever you wish, Father. And so right now, Father, we declare your word over this situation right now, Father, that we have prayed and we believe according to your word. We have put the offer in. The offer has been accepted. The deal has closed, Father. And so right now, Father, we take authority over every demonic force, every hindrance which stop that would try to stop that building from manifesting and coming into our presence, Father. We take authority over it right now and we declare that we have that building now. Those tenants have to remove themselves from it. Father, we're not praying any hurt, harm, or danger, but allow them to go somewhere where they can continue and they can grow, Father. Let it be a win-win situation, Father. But right now, we take authority over whatever's stopping them from leaving that situation. And they leave quietly. They leave peacefully, Father. They don't even know why they're leaving, Father. But it just comes up in their heart that it's time for them to go, Father. And so we declare right now that the building is in our possession, Father. And we can begin the build-outs and the renovations. And all the resources have come in for the build-out and the renovations, Father. And so now we believe that we've prayed according to your will, Father. I pray for every person out here that their job is coming against them. Their business is coming against them. Their families are coming against them. Neighbors are coming against them, Father. Whatever it is that is coming against them, they've done all that they can do, Father. And now we cast the whole of our care over on you because we know that that you care for us, Father. And I declare and I decree and I speak over their lives right now that they walk in the full manifested victory of what it is that they're believing for. And now, Father, in unity and with corporate prayer, we lift up our voices with one accord and we give you all the glory in advance for bringing this to pass now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God like it is already so. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And I hear the Lord saying these words. I hear the Lord saying these words. They're not just coming against you, but they're coming against me. And all that it is that I'm desiring to do for thee. Oh, but you will not have to fight in this battle. Matter of fact, this battle is not your fight, saith God. It is your job to spend time in my word and spend time in my presence. Because there is where you learn that my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
Oh, and as you continue to spend time in my presence and as you continue to spend time in my word, you're going to see that I've supernaturally brought you through this test. And that's what's going to cause you to rest. Oh, when you learn how to rest in me, it's because you've discovered that I've already provided for you my best. Oh, and that's when it begins to be fun for you, say of God. Because it's fun when you rest in me because you know that you've already won, saith the spirit of grace. Hallelujah. And if you know you've already run, come on, give God the glory in this place. Come on, give God the glory in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, I want you to buy faith with me right now. Come on, just shake your keys. Come on, by faith with me right now. We have the keys in our hand right now. Come on, shake shake some keys with me right now by faith. We have the keys in our hand now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Now I want you to go back to your seat. Come on, like the bills have already been paid. Come on, go back to your seat like you've already closed on the house. Come on, go back to your seat like your business is already prospering. Come on, don't go back to your seat the same way that you came down here. Go back to your seat, giving God the glory. Come on, give him the praise. Come on, act like it's so before it's so. Come on, put a down payment on it. Come on, let all of, let the kingdom of darkness know. That you will not be defeated for one split second, glory to God. Come on, don't let the devil steal your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on, do it by faith with me right now. Come on, just shake the keys right now. Come on, just shake the keys right now. Those keys are in our possession. Hallelujah. 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 You've got to see it before you see it. Glory to God. Come on. You've got to have it before you have it. Hallelujah. 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 Do you believe that it's yours? Do you believe you've already won? Do you believe the Lord is on your side? Do you believe you're victorious? Do you believe that you're a winner? Do you believe that you can't lose? Do you believe that victory is yours? Well, come on, make the devil mad one more time. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
I learned something from Dr. Winston on Friday night. I told him about our situation. And he said, sometimes you just got to snatch and take what rightfully belongs to you. There's a place for being nice. There's a place for praying for people. There's a place for that. Then there's a place when you've got to go and take what belongs to you. Hallelujah. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me and you believed it, I want you to stick your hand out. And I want you to believe that you're putting your hand on your situation. I want you to close your fist and grab hold of it. And then in the spirit realm, we're getting ready to snatch it back. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Snatch it. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. You can be seated. I want to give you a formula that you can use for yourself. Put that axe up on the screen. I've been praying this prayer for 27 years of being saved. What we just prayed was a united prayer but it has principles in it that we can use in our personal lives. And so I want to give you these very quickly. If you notice, Peter and John, they started that prayer with adoration. And so this is an acronym for ACTS. I learned this in a book called The Art of Prayer 27 years ago. I've just modified it to the revelation that I have today. So you'll see that they started off, Lord, you are God. You made the heaven and the earth and all that is in them. And so right away, adoration. Let me give you some scriptures you can use in addition to that on your own. We won't have time to go look at all of them today, but write them down. Psalms number 8. Psalms number 19. These are all scriptures of adoration. They're all about adoring God. Acts, I'm sorry, Psalms 8, Psalms 19, Psalms 46, the entire psalm. Psalm 63, stanzas 1 through 8, and then Psalms 150. See, because I can't sing, I always go and just adore him through the psalms. Some of you all might be able to sing these same songs unto him. I'm quite sure if I sung them, they'd be music in his ears. But they might offend everybody else that's around. And then C is for confession. Now, when I first learned this, it was confessing your sins. I've since now grown to know that my sins have already been forgiven. Hallelujah. And so what this is is a confession of the word. If you notice what they did, I'm sure they weren't perfect people. But they didn't go to God with with forgive me for what I've done wrong. They went to God with who he is in the scripture. And they confessed the word of God. Two things you should always do. Confess what the word of God says about your situation and confess what it says about you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, there's nothing you did to earn that but believe. And as long as you don't stop believing, there's nothing you can do to lose that. Hallelujah. 
Matter of fact, say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Write these verses down. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 and 16. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Too fast? Slow down. Hebrews chapter 4, 14 through 16. You're welcome. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15. All of those are about confessing. One of them says, hold fast to your confession. You look up the literal word Greek there in Hebrews chapter 4, hold fast, it means to use strength. In other words, with all of your might, don't let go of what God said about your situation. And folks, I decided to do this. My wife and I, we drove over there. Since they don't want to let go of the building fast enough, we're going to take all the land around it too. Come on, I wish I had a little bit more faith in this room. Because this is the enemy trying to stop what God is trying to do with this church. So now he's got to pay. It would have just cost him the building short term. Now we're going to secure everything a lot faster than we originally, originally would have planned to do. I prophesy this over somebody right now. For what you're going through right now, you're getting ready to receive double for your trouble. I'll take that for myself. The T is for Thanksgiving. I mean, you never pray without giving God Thanksgiving. Write these down. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Remember, if you're going to worry, don't pray. But if you're going to pray, then don't worry. And once you give God thanks, then there's nothing else to do but just give him, just wait on it to manifest. Just rest in that. Philippians 4, 6, write down 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And then I added this one. This is God's revelation to me, which you're going to see in our next point today. Sharing. How many after you manifest it, share your testimony. Share your resources. As God has prospered you and blessed you, look to be a blessing to somebody else. Write down Acts verse 4, 32. Write down 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19. Yell at me again if I'm going too fast. (laughs) Acts chapter 4, verse 32. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 through 19. And then I love this one. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb. What else? The word of our testimony. Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Should I give all of those again? You all, I see everybody. What, what was the first one? Did you get the second one? All right. Acts chapter 4, 32, sharing. And I might lock this up. This is exclusive to Linked Up Church. I might put some, I might have to lock this up. Acts 4, 32, 
1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19, Lord gave me this in, in my office on this past Friday. And Revelations 12, 11. So you start with adoration, confess, right, the word of God over your situation and yourself. You give God thanks. And then once you manifest it, share your testimony. Share your resources. Let's close with point number five today or point number six. We must model generosity to manifest great grace. We must model generosity to manifest great grace. And this will just take me a few minutes to do this. Right after the place was shaken together, the spirit of God filled all of them. They spoke the word of God with boldness. Notice the heading in my particular Bible, New King James Version, says sharing in all things. And so let's read what that looked like because folks linked up churches getting ready to look like this. Verse 32 says, so the multitude of those who believed, here's that language again, were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. What's left after all? And with great power, dunamis, miraculous ability, the apostles gave witness. They testified to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Watch this. And great grace, divine influence, it was megas, favor, liberality, and joy was upon some of them. It was upon all of them. I never saw great grace connected to giving. But yet if you read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's all right there. I was at a church one time and they had moved away from the, the legalism of tithes and offerings, just the legalism part of it. And, and they were talking about grace giving with the, with the bare minimum being 10%. And it blessed my heart. I remember being there and it was just, and that time was called grace giving. And it wasn't limited to, listen to this, an offering. And I caught something in the spirit realm, folks. People are going to, yes, bring offerings to church on Sundays. But, man, the day is going to come where we're going to bring cars to church, refrigerators to church. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. Houses to church, clothes to church, washing machine and dryers to church. People are going to say, why are you loading up a U-Haul to go to church? Because God wants to be a blessing to some of my brothers and sisters at church. Oh, come on, church. Y'all, come on, come on, come on, somebody. I can prove this to you. Let's keep reading, folks. It's going to be way beyond your financial giving in a service. I'm trying to show you why great grace was present. Because they realized that everything that they had came from God. And how many know when you have too much, you need to think about who you need to share that with? Come on, God didn't bless you that way for you to have five cars. You can only drive one of them at a time. I'm getting ready to prove this to you. Watch this. Let's keep reading. And I'm out of time, so I've got to close. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. 
Great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them that lacked for all who were possessors of lands, houses. See, they didn't sell their house. They had multiple houses. Somebody better receive that because that that means you've been blessed so much that you've got a house where near where your kids go to school. Come on, somebody. You've got another house near where you work. Come on. You've got a vacation home. Come on. You can only live in them one at a time. Come on. They didn't sell their land. They had multiple pieces of land. Folks, people are going to donate land to linked up church. They're going to get so excited about how we're helping the community. They're going to say, we've got a warehouse over here. We've got land over here. We've got this over here you can use. And folks, when you talk about grace giving, don't limit it to what you give in church. I can show you this was so important to God. As many as were possessors of lands, houses, sold them. They brought the proceeds of the things that were sold because how many know you have to have order? They brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, laid them at the apostles' feet, and distribution to each as everyone had need. What a day that's going to be, folks. Because how many know sometimes life just happens to people and they lose a job and they lose their home. They're not lazy. Life just happened to them and they just need a transitional place to stay. Come on, for about six months. That's already fully furnished. Come on, that's rent free, especially single mothers with kids where they can take their, their children and they can be safe. Come on, they've lost their car, but I've got multiple cars. You can drive this one until you get back on your feet. Maybe the Lord is even telling me to just give you the car. And and, and it's yours now. Hallelujah. Folks, dream with me. Come on, this is bigger than you. I told you Martin Luther King was not the only one that God gave a dream to. I have a dream. That one day, linked up church will own warehouses. And inside of those warehouses will be cars refrigerators, washing machines and dryers. Come on. Beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. You name it. Come on. Everything in this warehouse that a human being can need to live on and survive. I have a dream. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I just need 10 people to dream with me today. Come on, for God to bless you beyond measure where you have more cars than you need. You have more houses than you need. You have more clothes than you need. You have more furniture than you need. And we can store that stuff up in a warehouse and be a great blessing to people that are in need. Now, the Lord told me, though. The reason they laid it at the apostles' feet is because people need to be vetted. So that they're not just coming off the streets. 
you help them a different way. But when they're members of your church and they serve in your church and they give to your church, then we have a responsibility to each other. Are you all ready? I'm done for the day. What you'll find, if you read the rest of that, it talks about Barnabas and their testimony. Then it compares and contrasts that to Ananias and Sapphira. See, because this was so important to God that the community take care of each other. And the power was raised up so high that you couldn't lie to the Holy Ghost. See, we want the power, but you've got to understand what comes with that power. You've got to have some do-right on you. I'm not trying to put fear nowhere in here. I think, I think everybody understands that, right? We're not talking fear here. We're just talking about make sure you do with it what you said you were going to do with it. Once God speaks to you and tells you what to do with it, Make sure you do with it what you agreed to do with it. Because Peter and John, Peter said to Ananias, while it was yet in your own power, wasn't it yours to do with it what you would? So then obviously Ananias had in his heart told God what he was going to do with that. And God told Peter. Hallelujah. Sure did get quiet in this Roman Catholic church today. If we want more power, you have to understand what comes along with that power. It's accountability. Hallelujah. How many of y'all glad you came to church on today? Can you see that? I'm talking about a warehouse so large that we park cars in there. We can furnish whole houses. That's what manifested the great grace. And if we'd have kept reading, you'll see that the Lord gave them favor with all of the people. Let's stand to our feet. I want to pray over you today. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Father. Father, I pray for every person in this room today that they'll become more bold in their prayer life. Not bold for the sake of being bold, but bold so that they can be a better witness unto you and the people that you send them. And so, Father, I'm asking you to grant this church a spirit of boldness. And give us a heart, Father, to pray. And every time we open the doors for prayer, may there never be enough room to get all of the people in. Father, deposit into their hearts a value for a sincere prayer life from this day forward. May a spirit of prayer come on them in Jesus' name. And Father, as you bless them and you prosper them and you enrich them, may they never be stingy, Father, but may they be liberal with what it is that you've blessed them with. And Father, I pray that every individual in this room will come to a place where they'll have more than what they need for themselves so that they can share with others. That is my prayer that I lift up before you today in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Now, if you're in this building right now, I just want you to look up. You're obviously in this building. I want you to look up here at me for a moment. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with and for you today. I'm giving you an opportunity today to make one of the best decisions you could ever make at the top of the year for yourself and for those that you love. Give your life to Christ.